ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's episode of Uncaped Heroes. We are so glad that you took time out of your day to join us, listen in, meet another amazing individual that does something incredible to the world around us to serve mankind. I'm Stacey Johnston, honored to be here with you, and equally as honored to sit beside my co-host, Cassie Holland. How are you today, Cassie? I am doing great. We were just discussing the fact that I think Texas is broken because we've had nine times the weather in the last three days, but I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing very well in, in transit right now, so I hope that I, I stay connected and, and, and everything so we can finish out this conversation all the way. Um, next left one, tip to the mile, right there. So I hope that you're going. Kathy, let me ask you this. In all the things that we have going on in the world today, you're homeschooling three small children, you've got the buddies of your home business, and here you take time out of your day to engage in these conversations with us. How come? Because I am inspired by the different. When I talk to people from all over the world that do amazing things from, you know, everyday things to things you would never think of and I I appreciate the different in everyone. I enjoy shining a light on the ordinary or the extraordinary in the ordinary. Sorry. I like that. The same. You know, I'm always intrigued by the people that we get to meet and what they do and what they say and and their experience that they've had. You know, we've met so many people, and everybody has a journey. Everybody takes a path to get there. And even when we've had the opportunity sometimes to interview business partners, we realize that just because they're business together doesn't mean they didn't take two journeys to get there. And so I, I really get, get intrigued by how people got where they are, what inspired them along the way, who came along in their journey, and uh, what the wisdom is that they picked up. Uh, I, I get really intrigued by hearing the answers to those questions. I appreciate everybody's everybody's uh, plate, right? I appreciate everybody's purpose and their passion. Well, Looking forward to well. bringing in our guest. Right. Well, let's let's get that done without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. We have a a beautiful lady joining us today from, I believe, North Carolina, if I got it right. And if not, mm-hmm. she can you tell me out. But her name is <laughs> Kira Lindsay. And how are you Priya? today? Uh-huh. Yeah. Priya. Priya. I knew I was going to yep, it's, it's a weird name. That's, I get it all day, every day. It's Kriya Lindsay. Um, all right. Well, Kriya, how about you kick us off? Kick yeah. us off. Tell us who you are. What do you do? Why do you do that? And how do we connect with you? Okay. Well, so I... Um, I think my own, what I do is really birthed out of my own story. And I think I, feel like I have to start there a little bit, is that I was a hot mess of a teenager <laughs> and all the things that that means. Um, caught up in a lot of, you know, what they call acting out and addictive behaviors and really just self-destructive stuff, you know, that was worrying everybody and, and working against myself. And so I, I was in rehab at 19 with multiple addictions. It kind of it peaked, you know, I hit a bottom enough for myself and, um, and that included disordered eating and that included substance use and that included, um, 
self-harm, you know, and just self-destructive stuff. And so I was in rehab at 19. And from that point on, it was just this really natural pull, this really natural progression for me to start kind of turning that, um, turning that back to, to paying forward, you know, kind of with my own experience to prevent and, and help others intervene in, in kind of self-destructive paths. So I've spent the last 30 years since then, and just I'm aging myself, <laughs> 30 plus years, um, and helping kids get healthily through adolescence, kind of in what feels like an increasingly complicated, dangerous, scary, addictive world. Um, and, that's, and that's turned, and that means supporting kids directly, but also just supporting all of the adults, raising them, in, in being empowered as their guides, you know, guides to do that. So that is, that has looked a bunch of different ways. I mean, I've, I've been a, as a school, middle school counselor um, for a lot of years, but I also worked in, in lots of different settings in juvenile justice in um, with pregnant and parenting teens, with kids expelled from all the schools, with kids that were dropout risks. Um, you know, so those that had, were already, you know, kind of heading off the rails um, and needing some, you know, intervention or had gotten themselves in some trouble in different ways and being self-destructive already. Um, I've been a, so I, in, around the Western North Carolina region, but, you know, um, increasingly further across the country, I'm, I'm a prevention specialist, which means I work, I do dr- drug and alcohol education and addiction prevention education, like in classrooms. Um, but I do that a lot also with parents, you know, I do workshops and I do them with educators. I'm like, how, what, what's the role that they can play in preventing and intervening in kids' self-destructive behavior. Um, I've been a, a, a parent and family coach. I do that on the side as well. And then I, and right now I work in a treatment center called Solstice East, which is outside of Asheville, North Carolina, with um, teen girls from 14 to 18 that are struggling with kind of extensive mental health. And um, often there's addictive behaviors woven into that too. And, um, and, a, and a therapist up here now. Wow. So I've had a, wow. a rich, a rich career. Yeah, you have had a rich career. I, you know, I love the way it seems to work out. So many times on these podcasts, because we get to talk to people that we end up having this really deep connection to. I mean, I feel like Kathy and I both can resonate with your story in in different directions. Right? I come out as a as a parent of an addicted teen, and how how we mar- how we uh. walk through that, right? And and came through on the other side. I spent twelve years. Um, working in the adolescent and adult behavioral health and substance disease program as a family services specialist. And oh, also wow. worked with the same population, right? Kids at risk, juvenile drug court. We yep. did a lot of, yep. we did, we had a nonprofit called TOS that did a lot of family education on addiction and recovery and what that yeah. looks like and awesome. how, what's your role in it. So, yeah, yeah, beautiful. I love your story. Kathy, where did that little part of that story take you, dear? Well, that takes me to the part where I was the addicted teen. <laughs> Ah, I got a sister. But uh, <laughs> um, I have been in recovery for 16 years, so I appreciate awesome. what you do. Yeah, I appreciate. Thank that you. Thank you. Yeah, and in terms of, and the part of the question where you asked, like, you know, how people can connect with me. So, so part of what you know, I I really in in kind of expanding my ripple, you know, feeling like the expertise that I've sort of racked up just in all that time and, and, and thinking about like, how do I, how do I make more and more of a difference with this? You know, and, and because working in one school doesn't feel like enough, you know, with, with those kids as valuable as it's been. 
Um, and so I've, I've increasingly, I've been really expanding my like, social media presence and resources on my website and doing video content. And I'm, um, so I'm, I am really easily accessible through my social media. I'm, I'm at Korea Counselor on Instagram, and I'm doing regular, you know, regular videos on, on raising and supporting adolescents, um, particularly in today's world and what that takes. And I've got um, a book a book that's in the, I'm actually talking to the publisher today um, about being a teen whisperer and how to use that for life's tough conversation. <laughs> so, oh, I love that, a teen, yeah, I love so, that teen whisperer. Yeah. I love that teen whisperer. Title to be determined, but that's kind of what I, what I talk the most about is like how, how crucial it is to, to develop a mutual, like a, a, a relationship of like mutual respect and trust you know, with our teenagers so that we can be, you know, the main pillars of support and guidance for them through, you know, what just feels like an increasingly tough world, you know, for them to be to keep growing up with, up in. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of my thing. You know, I'm honing in on that teen whisperer piece, kind of trying to help people feel empowered to, to have that open communication and those, those tight relationships with their teenagers. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Can you give us your website so we can make sure we get it written down and make sure we yeah, it's pretty easy. It's creolenzion.com. So um, as weird as my name is, it's k-r-i-y-a-l-e-n-d-z-i-o-n.com. And so um, I I have a whole a guide for um, understanding and parenting the adolescent brain for free <laughs> on there, which is a score, really helpful information. Um, and again, my, and I'm at Korea Counselor on, on Instagram and Facebook and on TikTok. Okay, perfect. Perfect. All right. We're going to roll on. Kathy, are you, I'm hearing you drop out of you. Are you still with us or is it me dropping out? No, I'm here. I was on mute, okay. of course. Oh, <laughs> Okay. So, all right. Let's, let's take this in a, in a different direction. If you could define a hero how would you do that and is there someone that you have come in contact with along your journey that you would define as a hero yeah um i think i mean for for me hero is really just you know someone who who saves someone else like like redirect someone, others who are having, who are in a course in their lives where they are, are stuck, you know, where there's something that they're stuck with. And, and so that could be, I mean, they're like literally they're stuck behind, you know, underneath something in a building. They're stuck, you know, with some, their perspective, you know, they're just sort of stuck. And, and somebody heroic takes, takes risks in their own, in their own life in some ways like so so gives up some time you know sacrifices something of themselves and gives something of themselves to help that person better reach their potential and thrive in the world you know does that for other people you know by giving something of themselves um and so yeah for me what was the second part you were asking who who were mine yeah, if there was somebody that yeah. you had met along your journey. Yeah, yeah, it's hard because I think I think I would have to clump all together, um, 
like all of the, the counselor types that I have had in my life, you know, it's hard to pick one above the other because I, I, I literally think that they've saved, like they've literally saved my life and the quality of my life um, in different settings. And I had a, you know, I had, had a, a couple counselors in my high school setting when I was really, really just grinding myself down and struggling and not leaving my room and clinically depressed and potentially, you know, heading in a suicidal direction and had, you know, two counselors that were there that, that dragged me out of that in different ways that inspired me to move beyond that in different ways. And one of them, all, all he did was send me to a college that was outside of New England where I lived, where it was gray for like five months of the year. And that was not, you know, and and was like, you're going to go to school in central Florida. (laughs) Like, here's where you're going to go to college. I I don't even remember applying. He just basically sort of like rolled out the carpet and handed me to this college in central Florida. Um, and, And then there was a woman there that is actually was one of my was just an idol of mine who I feel like, like I wanted to be her at 17, 18. And interestingly, what she did was she was a drug and alcohol educator and a, she wasn't a therapist. She was just sort of like a coach that, that was, that was helping kids become peer counselors and supporting them. And I ended up fulfilling that role in several places, you know, and that's a lot of what I've done. So that's a, you know, Felicity Poole, I'm going to say her name out loud and lift it up. Um, But then I went to college and I was, and I was really, uh, gosh, I mean, it's like, like I have a full body reaction when I even just said that because the way that I dove in so deep, so fast to being to all of my self-destructive stuff. And I had burned a hole in my stomach with an ulcer and I was um, failing out of school, and I was just trashing everything. And I had a, a counselor there, uh, Mark Freeman, who just um, who helped me get help. You know, I mean, he guided he guided me to the help that I got that 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 saved my life. And and then you know, and I can't not count my you know the therapist I've had for ten years in the last ten years because it's like that 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 evolution never stops. Right, especially for those of us, I think, that have struggled with mental illness, that have struggled with addiction. You know, I mean, anxiety is something I always have to work on. My addictiveness is always something I have to keep in check. Just because I went to rehab, it didn't magic wand it. You know, it's kind of like a, it can really be like a -a (laughs) whack-a-mole, you know, if it's not continued to be worked on. And, and the things I've gone through in the last 10 years, my journeys of being in abusive relationships, of, of really having some struggles of dipping into another sort of depressive, you know, period not so long ago and have had a th- another therapist that really just kept me connected to my strengths, reminded me I wasn't alone, kept me honest, reminded me that, like, of, like to embrace the beauty of my imperfection, you know, and, and, oh. and recognizing, yeah, and that was, that's been a really long, <laughs> long road for me to get that, you know, to even embrace my own humanity and my own perfection and love myself for that, you know, despite I could do it for everybody else, but it's been harder to be a hero to myself, right? right. Um, so, yeah, so I have to kind of clump all of them together because I feel like they've all, they've all been really monumental in, in uh, shaping my life and, and saving me from places where I was limiting and destructing myself and not living in my own full potential, which I finally feel at 51. <laughs> I'm snapping in the background because I'm there. Um, uh-huh. That I'm there. 
I'm, I'm finally unlimited. There you go. I finally love that. Li- finally liberated. Yeah. But didn't do I it alone. I love that. Yeah, didn't do it ah. alone. Those journeys are always to be shared with those people that just happen to show up in your life at just the right time, you know? Yep, Perfect. absolutely. Absolutely. If you just embrace it, right? And that's, that's yeah. the tricky part. That's the tricky part. Kathy, how about you? Mm. Might have I dropped. Really okay, let's. The mute button. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, do you want to got a comment before we move on to our next question? Yeah, go ahead. All right, beautiful. So, Kyra, let's look at Kira. Let's look at Kriya. the journey that you say. Let's Kriya. I'm going to leave the R out every time. And I'm trying so hard to get it right that time. <laughs> okay, it's such a weird name. There is not another Kriya Lention in the whole world. As far as we know, there never has been one, and there isn't one. So it's a unique name. <laughs> there you go. So if we Google, we get the one and only. Is that it? Yeah, that's, it. that's, that's cool. Right. Yeah. I love it. Okay, let me ask you this next question. As you look at the journey that you've taken to get where you stand today, what's one last lesson that you've learned along the way that you think everybody ought to know? Hmm. So I, I think, you know, I, I've learned this in a couple of ways. So one of them is just by being a therapist. You know, there's one thing that we get, we get trained in a lot, which is sort of like the, is the art of empathy, the skill of empathy. And, um, and I, I kind of pair that with, I had this monumental experience when I, out, when I came out of college, I traveled with a group called Up With People, if you ever heard of them, but they, um, and kind of did this like singing, dancing around the world thing, but I was with people from 22 different countries and I went to 11 different countries, you know, for a year wow. and stayed with families in their homes, you know, and just sat there and broke bread with them and lived the way that they lived in all of these different cultures around the world. How cool. And something, it was amazing. And we did all these community service and community engagement things while also singing and dancing. <laughs> so, but, so together, blending kind of all those things together, I think one of the things that I have learned is, is the importance of, of putting yourself in somebody's shoes. Now, as much as we, like you hear that all the time and you say that to people all the time, but, but not, not just trying on their shoes as yourself. If that makes any sense. Like yeah. not being like, well, if I were them. No, 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 no. I mean, like, put yourself in somebody's shoes as them. Like, imagine what, like, what they've experienced, what they've been exposed to, how they've, how they've grown up, you know, the messaging that they've gotten in their world, you know, and what they haven't gotten and had the chance to right. be exposed to. And, and, then, and then try to imagine what life looks like you know, it feels like for them. And so I think, you know, staying like curious and compassionate about other people that way has, has probably been one of my, the most important life lessons I've learned be, because for one, it like, you, you, I, I cannot be angry or resentful or irritated or judgy or hurt by others when I see how they've been shaped by their world. I mean, it's, re- it's really, it's way harder. So even the, the most hurtful pe- person, like I told, you know, admitted that I was in, I was in a, an, a, an abusive relationship and have been in relationships with other people that were hurtful. And I can, I can have a lot of compassion for them. It doesn't mean I'm going to stand there and let it happen. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, but, 
it, I can I can have compassion for them. So it's not something I t- I take around with me toxically. Um, but I think you know. It, when I can have other people's perspective, you know, I can understand why they interact with the world that they do, you know, in the way that they do, um, and me, you know, the way that they do. And so it's, it's good for my mental health and spiritual health. And I don't think, I think if everybody could do that, we wouldn't be worried the way that we are about all the things in the news right now. You know, we wouldn't be having wars. Go ahead, please. We wouldn't be having more wars. Yeah, we wouldn't. I was just. We wouldn't be having wars and threats of wars. We wouldn't be having people that were discriminating against each other and people that weren't feeling heard or understood by other people. And you know, and all of these disagreements and all of these anti this, anti that, anti these people. I mean, I just. I, I feel like we would be in a really different world if people could um, knew that lesson. <laughs> so, it's a good one. That's a good one. I agree. You know, just. Yes. One of the freest places you can stay is your lane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just let yeah. people be. I don't understand. Okay, so let's take this on a uh, again a different direction. If you could put a one-liner on a T-shirt as your advice to the world, what would it say? One, one, a one-liner on a T-shirt? Yes. So you said you say one-liner or one-letter. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it would have to be in, the, in like, what, along what I just said. Like, put yourself in other shoes. Just put yourself in other shoes. <laughs> I mean, that's really... I, I, I just, again, I think, I think that so much of, of people's own stress and their own hurts and their own traumas and their own, you know, a lot of the things that people walk around with as woundings and as that are toxic to them, you know, whether it's, it's, you know, hate or anger, resentment at other people um, or the way that they feel other people have treated them. I just think so, so many things could be resolved by people, by, by that empathy, you know, by having true empathy for other people. I agree with you. And I think empathy is a, is a learned skill. You know, it's something that yeah. you have to practice because we're not comfortable in someone else's bubble, especially if someone else's bubble is not comfortable, right? Right. That that's, that's very, very true. Yeah. 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 And we talk about, you know, like adolescent, and what I've been talking about on my social media lately, right, talking about adolescent brains and how, um, you know, that frontal lobe, that frontal part where empathy is, like the, the big picture thinking and the ability to, to think about how, um, other people's actions are affected by you or even under, being able to think about that, that kind of complicated context is not developed yet <laughs> in, in humans until like mid-ish 20s, later for guys. And if people have done substances, if people have experienced trauma, if people, I mean, there's all these things that can get in the way of people developing that even. So it's not, it's not, we're not necessarily born with it. Right. And don't have the you know, one to of develop the, it, yeah. One of the things that we learned, you know, in, in the many classes that we took through the family services field in, in behavioral health was mm-hmm. that when a child experiences or a person experiences their first real trauma, and trauma is different to everyone, what's traumatic to you might not be to me, right? So when, right, when right. a child serves um, suffers that first trauma, their emotional development stops right there until they 
totally own that. Right. So they come back to that trauma and move forward. So you can have a, a 20-year-old, 12-year-old. Easy. Yep. yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I've, and I've worked at, working in adult um, drug treatment. I, I worked with people that were, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 that didn't have that did not have that developed all the way because of what they what was going on in their brains when they have been teenagers and the, what they've done to them since. Yeah. Like it's still stunted. Oh yeah, it does. And I I think like you, I've been gifted in that to be able to spend that part that time in my life learning those things because it makes communication. It makes my relationship with other people different because I've I've learned to take that ability to kind of step back and go now if that had happened to me how would I respond? What, what right. would be going yeah. through my head? Yeah. And so I think that's one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids, honestly, is helping yeah. them to develop that, helping them to see others that way. Mm-hmm. Very great parenting tip. Very great parenting tip. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, I can carry on with this conversation indefinitely, but we are at a place with respect to you, Kriya. Okay. I did it. And, and with respect to our audience, <laughs> yes. we are going to have I did it. We are going to have to wind down. So I'd love our audience to always remember that we're brought to you by Enlighten Up and Guided by Grace. If we can serve you in some way, if you want to tell your story. Let's say that one more time. If we are interested in having a please reach out to us at herobuilder2020 at gmail.com. I'm going to close by saying, Kriya, thank you so much for your time, for your space, for You're the so welcome. service that you provide and the, the healing that you bring to probably so many people. Kathy, I'm going to turn the stage to you for a second. How would you like to close out today? You know, I would just kind of like to to piggyback off of what she said and and challenge our audience to give people some grace, right? Mm-hmm. Give yourself some grace. Give people grace because you, until you're there, you don't know. So... Yeah, we would be honored if you would. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with you. I was like, yes, I'm kind of giving that some amens. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So we would be honored if you would take the last 90 seconds and close out our show. How would you like to leave our audience today? I would like to just... Talking about kind of the, the, given the world that we're in, right, given, and, and unfortunately, you know, and I didn't, all of the, the tragedies also that I see happening, you know, with our teenagers on a, on a regular basis is that there is a way to prevent them. And, and I feel like our, our teens in our lives really, they need us. They really need us as a pillar of support and guidance more than ever. They've got a lot of things pushing and pulling on them and that are, are, loud voices that are trying to instill them with values and information, you know, that are really skewing um, and distorting, you know, paths for a lot of teenagers. So we can't, we can't be those supports and guidances though without um, tapping into their inner and outer worlds and being open to those. And so that really, what I hear a lot of teens say is that they do not feel seen or known or respected by us for who they are. Um, which is hard to, I know, grasp when we do so much for them. But so encouraging us to really approach their lives, you know, in conversations with them um, with open minds, with the the empathy I was just talking about, putting ourselves in their shoes, like what is it like to be a teenager in this day and age? And we can only know if we ask 
and we listen and listen and listen and, and validate their perspectives, you know, before we offer our own and support them instead of judge them, you know, when they're struggling because they are doing the best that they can. Their brains aren't developed and it's just a hard world to be in. So they really need our support instead of our judgment or mocking or, you know, for, for where, where they struggle. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, I think what I've got is it learning as much as you can about what, you know, normal teen brains are doing. Again, I've, I've got some great, you know, just promo, but um, start on my website because I've got some great things on there that will help you understand your teens better and know how to communicate with them so that you can help guide them through, through the world today because they need us. <laughs> 